I'm going to ask that you continue to stand just as I introduce the word and where we're going to go, and then we'll pray and just let the Spirit of God arise. Amen. This morning, the title of my message is A Valley and a Giant Stood Between Them. It's taken from 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's a very familiar story about David and Goliath and the army of Israel. It's a great story about breakthrough. It's the word the Lord wants to bring to us this morning. But before we do, one more time, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. I praise God for the, the choir who has brought us and ushered us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. I pray blessings over them as they go and that they are able to bask in the presence of the Lord this day. We just go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you that you have already arisen in this place, God, that the power of your presence is here. We just thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that it would descend, Father God, once again. I pray, Father, that this would not be a rehash of an earlier service, But that fresh food and fresh bread, fresh spirit, Father God, a fresh touch. Father God, your fresh presence would fall in this place this morning. Your people, Father God, need a fresh word, and I pray that that would happen. Anoint me once again. Touch my mind. Touch my body. Touch my voice, my spirit, Lord. Pray that you would touch your people that are in this place. Give them ears to hear. Give them hearts to receive. Just like I prayed in the first service, above all, give us the courage to respond to your word, to rise up, to step out, to lift a hand, to do whatever it is your Holy Spirit wants to do this morning, God, so we can have breakthrough. We praise you for your presence in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Over the last few weeks, church, if you have been here, You'll know that the pastor has been speaking to us about this thing called breakthrough. Maybe it's a breakthrough in our marriage. Maybe it's a breakthrough in our mind. Maybe it's been about a breakthrough in your family or your finances. But above everything else, what the pastor's and the the Lord's desire is for us to have spiritual breakthrough. Amen? Because you can have a breakthrough in your finances, but still be all bound up when it comes to the things of the Lord. And it's my prayer this morning, and I know it's the Spirit's desire for us to have a spiritual breakthrough, for us to have a personal, individual breakthrough into the power and the promises of God. To give you a better idea of what this Word is and to give you a better understanding of what the Holy Spirit wants to speak, we need to look at what this word breakthrough means in relation to 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm not going to take the time to read the entire chapter. I encourage you to do that today in your personal studies and your personal time with the Lord so that he can bring a greater revelation to you, so that he can fill in the gaps because I I don't have the time to share everything, the Holy Spirit, but I will touch on certain scriptures as we go. But the definition of breakthrough, there are three that I want to look at. The first is a significant or sudden advance, a significant or sudden development or achievement which removes a barrier to progress or success. The reality is there are some of you in the house this morning that need a significant and sudden advance concerning your spiritual life. 
There's some of you in the house this morning that need a significant and sudden advance or development, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your mind, maybe in your finances, but you need something suddenly to happen in your life if you want to have breakthrough. The definition of breakthrough means an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction in one's life. And again, I believe with all of my heart that there are some of you here this morning that need to advance past your problem. You've been dealing with this issue. You've been dealing with this demon. You've been dealing with this struggle. You've been dealing with this obstacle. You've come face to face with this enemy in your life, but you just can't seem to get past him. You take two steps forward and one step back. It seems like the enemy is one step ahead of you. And if that's you, you need a breakthrough this morning. God wants you to finally get past that obstacle that's in your life. How many of you know that God has called you the head and not the tail? He's called you the above and not the beneath. The the Lord doesn't want you one step behind your enemy. The Lord wants you one step ahead of your enemy. The Lord wants you in front of your enemy your obstacle and not behind your obstacle. And if that's you, if you feel in your spiritual life like you just can't gain any ground, guess what? You need a breakthrough this morning. The final definition of breakthrough as it applies to this word is a movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's front line of defense. All the way through and beyond You see, the the Lord isn't saying here the definition of what God wants for you is not for you to make it partway through or partially through or halfway through. Breakthrough means that, that, that you have the ability to break all the way through and beyond the front line of the enemy's defense. Like I said, there's a lot of you here today that have been battling at the front line for a week, uh, for a month, maybe for a year, and maybe for even multiple years, but you're not gaining any ground. You can't seem to break all the way through church. And God wants that to happen this morning. The reality is there are some of us in this house this morning that have not made it all the way through to this place called victory. There's some of us in this house this morning that have not made it all the way through to this place called a promised land. There's some of you here this morning, no matter how long you've been toiling, you just haven't seemed to make it all the way through to this place called divine healing. Into the promise, into the power, into the revelation, into the anointing of God. But God wants you to have a breakthrough this morning, and it's exactly why I'm bringing you this word. How many of you want to get beyond your obstacle and not just face it day to day? How many of you want to get beyond the pain? Want to get beyond the sickness? Want to get beyond your giant, beyond your Red Sea, beyond the wall of Jericho? You want to get beyond that thing that the devil has put in your way? If you want breakthrough this morning, there's about five or six things, keys that I want to give you in regards to how we can experience breakthrough in our lives. The first thing that I want you to see is when it came to the army of Israel 3,000 years ago in the valley of Elah, 
The army of God needed a breakthrough. They needed a sudden and significant advance against the army of God. They needed something to happen. What you have to remember is for 40 days and 40 nights, they had been held captive. Who knows how long they would have been held captive? Who knows how long they would have been hanging out on the hillside if David hadn't come along? What you and I need to realize is that you and I sometimes need a breakthrough church. And here's what the Holy Spirit wants us to learn this morning. We need a breakthrough. We need a significant and sudden advance. We need something to be removed. You've been at the front lines for days, like I said. You've been at the front lines for weeks, years, months, but you just haven't seemed to get all the way through. And the Lord wants you all the way through this morning. Most of you have probably heard this story a hundred times. Maybe a thousand times, maybe a dozen times, maybe it's the first time you will hear this word this morning. But what you and I need to understand about 1 Samuel chapter 17 is that it is not a word for only six-year-olds around the bed. It's not a bedtime story, church. It's not just a Sunday school story for your little one that's upstairs. What you and I need to realize is that this story is a chilling tale about the power of fear and the hold that the devil can gain on any one of our lives if we are not willing to rise up and face our enemy. It's a chilling and true tale of the power of the enemy if we allow him to uh, take ground or we allow him to establish a a stronghold or a foothold in our lives. This isn't a fairy tale, church. This isn't a make-believe story full of fictional fears and cartoon characters. This is a true story of what can happen in your life and my life if we do not take the stand that we need to against the enemy. The reality is some of us are bound up this morning Because we don't understand what it takes to have breakthrough in our lives. But the Holy Spirit wants to give us some insight this morning. According to the first few verses of 1 Samuel 17, we find that a battle was waging between two armies. It was an army of God on one side of the valley of Elah. And it was the army of Satan on a hillside on the other side of the valley of Elah. One was an army and one was a nation that defied God and despised God. The other was a nation and an army and a people that were called out by God and separated by God. One was a cursed nation. The other was a chosen people. It was a royal priesthood and a holy nation. The Word of God tells us in verse 3 that the Israelites, like I said, were camped on one side of the valley, and the Philistines were camped out on the other side. As in any battle, church position was key for both armies. Both armies wanted perfect position. They wanted to make sure that they were put in place so they had the greatest advantage over their enemy. And the first thing we need to realize when it comes to spiritual breakthrough is that the enemy uses the same exact tactic. 
The devil will always perfectly position himself between us and what is called victory. He will always position himself between us and what God calls divine healing. Between us and what is considered a blessing. Between us and what is called the anointing or the the power or the promises of God. He will always position himself between us and what God has in store for us, church, so we cannot have victory. The reality is the devil will always position himself between you and your spouse so that you do not acquire this thing called marital harmony or marital bliss. The devil will always position himself between you and your child so that you cannot acquire what is called this thing of peace. How many of you know the devil always wants to disrupt your house? He wants to just cause turmoil and chaos. That's why he positions himself between you and your spouse or between you and your children. The devil will always position himself between us and God so that we cannot experience the promise and the power of God in our life. And listen to me, church. When the devil positions himself there, there is something you need to learn and there is something you need to do. When the devil positions himself between us and what God has for us, we need to be willing to be like David who was able and ready to step out into the valley. You see, the reality is whenever the devil positions himself in your life, like he positioned himself between the army of Israel and a thing called victory, we've got to be willing to do what David did, step out into our valley. You see, there's some of us in the house this morning that have been battling the enemy. We've been battling whatever it is that the devil has been bringing against us, but you've yet to step out into the valley. You're afraid to take that step. You're afraid to move forward. The devil has roared. The devil has made his presence known in your life. And you're afraid to step out. But the first key to spiritual breakthrough in your life is a willingness to step out into your valley. A willingness to step forward and face your enemy church. One of the first things that we have to do, stepping out, means that we reposition ourselves. And see, what you need to understand is that as soon as the devil, as soon as the enemy, as soon as Goliath, as soon as the Philistines positioned themselves, as soon as they stepped out, as soon as they got in the way of what God wanted for his children, David repositioned himself, church. The children of Israel didn't. The army of God didn't. They didn't position, reposition themselves. They actually just, they, they fled, the Bible says. But David understood what the devil was doing and he repositioned himself. And we're going to look at that as we go. I say that so you understand that whenever the devil steps into your marriage, you better reposition yourself. You better put yourself between your spouse and the enemy. You better put yourself between you and and, and your family, you better put yourself and the, and the power of God between you and the enemy and not behind them, church. You see, David repositioned himself. When the devil comes into your life, you need to understand that there's only one place that the devil belongs. He doesn't belong between you and your spouse. He doesn't belong between you and your children. He doesn't belong between you and a sound mind. He doesn't belong between you and a blessing or you and a healing. He belongs under your feet, church. And what you've got to do when the devil steps in, you've got to rise up and reposition yourself, get yourself out from under his feet and put him under your feet. 
And until you learn to do that, you won't experience breakthrough. But when you learn to reposition yourself, no matter what the enemy does, no matter what the enemy looks like, no matter what the enemy says, no matter how tall he is or massive he is or how loud he is or frightening he is, you need to learn to reposition yourself and put him under your feet. How many of you know you're the head and not the tail? You're the above and not the beneath. And when you walk that way and live that way and talk that way, church, you will have breakthrough in your life. The devil will do all that he can, church, to stand in the way of what God has in store for you. And when he does, you need to learn that this battle is not between flesh and blood, but it is against the spirit of darkness itself. You see, you're not battling your spouse. You're not battling your children. You're not battling your boss. You're not battling against flesh and blood. You are battling against the principalities and the rulers of darkness. You are battling against Satan and Lucifer and the demons that were, that, that, that were cast out of heaven. You need to realize, if you want breakthrough in your life, that the battle is not between you and, and a fleshly individual. It's between you and Satan, church. And you've got to reposition yourself to gain victory in your life. If you want breakthrough in your life, you've got to be willing to do what David did and use the divine weapons of your warfare. The divine weapons of warfare, church. Listen to me. The reality is your wisdom will only get you so far. Your affluence will only get you so far. Your, your popularity and your, your prestige and your corner office and the money in your bank and the, the title that's in the, the front or the back of your name will only get you so far. But the reality is there's only one weapon that will get you beyond your obstacle. There's only one weapon that will get you past the the enemy, past the giant, past the wall of Jericho, past the the Red Sea, past the, the demons of darkness. There's only one set of weapons that will get you beyond and give you breakthrough, and those are the divine weapons of God. See, the problem is a lot of you aren't experiencing breakthrough in your life because you've never picked up a divine weapon of warfare. The Bible's sitting in the back seat of your car. It's laying under your bed or, or, or showing off on your coffee table, but it's never been taken to the battlefield. There's some of you that are not experiencing breakthrough because you've never stepped into a prayer closet, because you've never been to knee, because on your way to work, when you need breakthrough, you're listening to a bunch of carnal talk radio instead of singing some praises to God and having some communication with the King of Kings and the, the Lord of Lords. There's some of you that don't know how to use the divine weapons of warfare, and it's why you're losing the battle. You see, what you need to realize, church, when you look at verse 39 and 40, and excuse me for taking a drink, but I need to soothe my throat. David did not use earthly armor. You read the story, you find out that when he went to battle, Saul wanted to put some earthly armor on him. David put it on, but something didn't feel right. Didn't fit right. He did not feel comfortable or confident, church, in the the armor of man. 
So what did David do? He shrugged off all those man-made weaponry. He shrugged off the armor of man and he put on the full armor of God, church. He put on the helmet of salvation. He put on the breastplate of righteousness. He girded himself with the loins of truth. He picked up the shield of faith. He carried the sword of the Spirit. He he fastened the, the sandals around his feet and he ran to the battle in the full armor of God. We're losing our battles because we're putting on the armor of man. We're putting on our self-made armor. We're putting on armor that's got holes in it and got weak spots. We've putting on armor that's old and rusty and can't stop a single attack of the enemy. If you want breakthrough, you've got to put on the full armor of God and stop relying on the armor of man. Listen, my armor isn't going to help you. Your friend's armor isn't going to help you. The only armor that's going to get you past the front line of the enemy is the armor of the Almighty God. Excuse my crackling voice. It's the armor that you need. David put on the armor of God. The other thing that you need to look at in verse 40 is the fact that when David went to that brook... When David went to pick up the actual weapon that slayed Goliath, he didn't pick up a a rock or a stone that was freshly chiseled by the hand of man. Uh, David didn't go down to the brook and pick up a big stone and say, that one looks good. He didn't take out a little man-made hammer and a little man-made chisel and begin to chisel out a piece of rock that he thought would work. The Bible tells us that when he reached into that river of faith, he pulled out five smooth stones. He pulled out five stones that had been through the fire and been through the flood. He picked up five stones that had been through the waters, church. Stones that had been fashioned by the hand of God Himself. He didn't pick up stones that Saul gave him. Didn't pick up stones that a friend or a neighbor gave him. He picked up five stones that had been through the test of time. He knew those stones, and those are the only stones that will fly straight. They're the only stones that will fly true. They're the only stones that are going to hit your enemy right between the eyes and bring him down. You see, we're not experiencing victory because we're picking up crooked little pebbles that can't go anywhere. We're praying crooked little prayers and singing crooked little songs. You understand what I'm saying? We got a bunch of ragged edges that need to be washed in the river of God. We need the powerful rivers of the Spirit of God to anoint the weapons that we use. Listen. The divine weapons of God are the only weapons that can demolish strongholds. Only weapons. Man, listen to me. You can yell at the devil all you want. But until he hears the word of God, until he hears the the word of Jehovah, until he hears the word of the King of glory, he's not going to move. There's only one weapon that moves him, and it is the the divine weapons of warfare. If you want to fill your sling with anything, church, fill it with the smooth stones of God. Fill it with what has been tested. Fill it with what has been tried. Fill it with what has been called true. And your enemy will come down. Listen, please understand. If you only know two verses in the Word of God 
Throw them over and over again. Throw them over and over and over again. They will one day bring the devil down. And if, if there's only two verses that you know, go learn another one. Go learn another one and another one. Please understand, David picked up five stones. And I don't want to get off track, but he picked up five stones because he knew today's stone would not be enough to take care of tomorrow's giant. Goliath wasn't the only giant that he faced. Ishbi Banab, Lamai, Saf, and a six-fingered giant. Six fingers on each hand and six fingers on, or six toes on each foot were four more giants that he would have to face in his life. Listen to me. Yesterday's prayer won't get you past tomorrow's giant. I want you to understand yesterday's song won't get you to your promised land today. It will not release the power of God. Now we sit around and we talk about yesteryear. Talk about what God used to do. Why? Because He's not doing anything in our lives today. You think that's God's fault? No! It's our fault! We're sitting on a hillside waiting for somebody else to show up. We're sitting on the hillside waiting for someone else to fight. When God said, get your shoes on and go out into the battle. That's what you need to do. You want breakthrough, church. This is what you've got to learn. These are the things that God wants. Listen, if you want breakthrough, you've got to be willing to step into your valley. If you want breakthrough, you've got to be willing to step into the Jordan River, just like Joshua did. You've got to be willing to take a step before God moves, not after. Some of us are saying, oh yeah, God, I'll move when you move. I'll praise when you move. I'll give when you move. I'll dance when you move. God wants to know if you're going to dance before he moves. You're going to trust him before he moves. He told Joshua, if you want to get to your promised land, step out into the raging waters. Step out into that. Listen, this wasn't a little puddle that Joshua walked through. This wasn't some dinky little brook that he could step on under his own strength. Please listen to me, church. God will never take you to a river that you can cross on your own. He'll never take you to a river you can cross on your own. He's going to take you to a place that will cause you to fall on your knees and say, God, I need you. He's going to take you to that place where you're going to learn what faith is all about. And he's going to ask you to step into a raging river. Raging river. The Bible says that the banks were swollen. They had been higher than they had ever been. It was a flood of devastation. It was causing and wreaking havoc all across the land. Some of you are in that place. The rivers are rushing. The rivers are scaring you. They're destroying the banks of your life. And listen, God is saying, I don't care if that's where you're at. Step out. And when, I, when you step out, I'll step out with you. When you step out, I'll step. If you want breakthrough, you've got to be willing to step out, church. Step out. If you want to have breakthrough in your life, you've got to be willing to go where you've never gone. You've got to be willing to do what you've never done. You've got to be willing to sing a song you never sang. You've got to be willing to, to give what you never gave. You've got to be willing to read what you've never read. 
You got to be willing to go to a Bible study you never been to, a men's discipleship class you never stepped into. You got to be willing to clap a hand you never clapped, tell a story you never told, say something you never said. If you want breakthrough in your life, you got to be willing to step forward, church. And when you do, God will go with you. If you don't, guess what? You'll be bound up by fear for 40 days and 40 nights. You'll be bound up by fear for 40 years and 40 nights. You listen to what I'm saying this morning, church. If you want spiritual breakthrough, God is asking you to do something you've never done. Go somewhere you've never gone. How many of you want breakthrough this morning? Amen. The other thing that I want you to understand, church, concerning breakthrough, the Bible tells us in verse 48 that when Goliath, and I'm going to jump around with these passages and scriptures, but the Bible tells us in verse 48 that when Goliath, the champion, and the front line of the Philistine army stepped forward, two things happened. The Israelite army, the army of God, the chosen people, the royal priesthood, and a holy nation, they fled and they ran away. They gave room for the enemy. They gave room for Goliath. They gave room for fear. They gave room for sickness. They gave room for doubt. They gave room for depression. They gave room. But guess what David did? The Bible says that as soon as Goliath stepped forward, here it is. Goliath took one step, David took two. Goliath took two steps, David took four. You want to know why? He wasn't about to give Goliath any ground. He wasn't about to let Goliath steal what was his. He wasn't about to let Goliath take what belonged to the children of Israel. He was not about to let Goliath gain ground. But what do we do? We let the devil back us up. We let the devil move forward. We let the devil gain ground in our marriage and in our family and in our personal lives. Not only are we afraid to stand firm, we move back and the devil gains ground in our life. If you want breakthrough, when the devil steps forward, you better step forward too. When the devil takes one step, you better get a little bit closer. When the devil looks at you, you better look at him. You better be willing to not let him gain any ground in your life. Some of our children are going to hell in a handbasket because we've been afraid to step forward. Because we've been afraid of the enemy church. Because we've not put the devil under our feet and said, you're not going to have my child. Not going to mess around in my marriage church. You understand what I'm saying? If you want breakthrough, you've got to be willing to move forward. Listen, if we want breakthrough like the children of Israel. If we want breakthrough really like David, because David was the one that caused the breakthrough. David was the one, remember, that went beyond the enemy's front line. No one else did until Goliath was slain. No one else moved until the authority and the power of Goliath was chopped off. And then they all rallied and then they all ran. But I want you to know this morning, God is looking for some Davids. God's not looking for some followers. He's looking for some leaders. He's looking for some individuals, like I said, that are willing to step out onto the battlefield and willing to face their giant and willing to not let him gain any more ground. 
That's who he's looking for because those people will have breakthrough. Listen, the last person the Philistines wanted to see step into the valley was the God of Israel. The last person Goliath and the Philistine army wanted to see step out onto that battlefield was the Spirit of God, was the power of Jehovah, was the, was the presence of the Holy One of Israel. That's the last person Goliath and the Philistines wanted to see step out onto the battlefield. It's exactly why in verse 8, Goliath shouted out to the ranks of Israel these words. I want to teach you something here. Goliath steps forward and says, echoing up the mountainside, he sees that the Philistines are already trembling. It's been 40 days, been 40 nights. He knows they held them captive. He wants to take them even to a further destruction. He wants to see them turn tail and run. He wants to completely destroy them. And this is what he shouts out. Why do you all array yourself and line up for battle? He's doing this from a strategic position where his words echo up the hillside. He wants to bring more fear into the heart of every soldier. He says, bring me one man among you. Have one man come down. Have one man battle me all by himself. Have one man with the guts to face me come down here, the Bible says. Why would he do that? Why would Goliath say, send me one man? Why would, he, why would he say, send me one individual? Why would he try to intimidate an entire army of God? Because, like I said, the enemy knows and the devil knows that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. You see, the devil and your enemy knows that if two or three of us shall agree on touching anything... That we will have what we ask for, church. So what you need to understand is that the last person that the devil or Goliath wanted to step out on that field, Goliath and the Philistines heard about the power of God. They knew about how he had descended and brought victory to the children of Israel. And the last person they wanted to do battle with was God. So we said, I'm going to battle man. You see, listen. The devil wants to battle the weakness of man, not the overwhelming power of God. Wants to battle you, not God. Wants to battle your wife, not God. Wants to battle your children, not God. Listen, I said it. He, the last person he, the last thing he wants you to do is step out because when you do, he knows God will go with you. The sad reality is a lot of us have forgotten that. The devil knows more about God than we do. The devil is afraid. Of us stepping out because he knows when we do and we step out in faith, God will go with us. He knows, he knows his time is over. He knows the victory won't be won, church. So he'll do all that he can to scare you to death. He'll do all that he can. Listen, why do you think he lined up? Why do you think the Philistines lined up every one of their best warriors on the front line? They, wanted a, they, they, they didn't even want Israel to take a step. And that's what the devil will do to you. He'll throw everything that he can right up front. Everything that he has, he'll throw at you right up front all at once just to cause you to retreat, just to keep you from stepping forward. We need to keep that in mind if we want breakthrough in our lives. Send me one man because the last thing he wants, church, is God in the middle of his battlefield. The last thing the devil wants is you in the middle of his business. You know that. I mean God in the middle of his business. The last thing darkness wants is light to shine. 
You know that out there in the world. The last thing this society and this corrupt society want is the light of the world and the light of God and the word of God to be shining in their darkness. They despise it, the Bible says. The world and the devil doesn't want God in his business. You've been there. You've tried it. You try witnessing to corruption and see how long they want you around, church. But that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. The last place that the, the devil wants God is in the middle of your marriage. The last place the devil wants God is in the middle of your family. The last place the devil wants God is in the middle of your mind or in the middle of your finances or job. Why? Because those are his battlegrounds. I hope you realize that. Those aren't bed of roses. Why do you think marriage is difficult? Because it is the devil's battleground. Why do you think raising a family is difficult? Because it's the devil's battleground. Why do you think you can't sleep at night or wake up in the day like the children of Israel? Because your mind is a battleground. And the last place the the devil wants God is in the middle of his business. So again, I take you back to what do you have to do? You've got to reposition yourself, and you've got to reposition God, and you've got to put him right in the middle of God's business. If you want breakthrough, you've got to put God where God belongs. And that's in the middle of your business. Amen? The last place that, that Satan wants the Spirit of God and the power of God and the anointing of God to fall is in your life. And you need to guard that, church. You need to be willing to move forward and guard your height. Listen. This is exactly why Goliath shouted, choose one man. Because he wanted them to look to themselves instead of to God. He wanted them to look at their own individual weaknesses instead of to the power of God. Do you understand that, church? Every single day, the devil will come into your life and he'll shout or he'll whisper. He'll say this. He'll he'll bring an accusation. He'll bring a word of condemnation. He'll, He'll try to panic you or frighten you. He'll try to disrupt you. He'll do all of those things, church. Uh, in order to keep us from our victory. He wants us, he does that so that we look to ourselves instead of to God. The last place that, that the devil or Goliath wanted the children of Israel to look was up into the hills from whence cometh their help. Their help comes from the Lord. I hope you know the devil knows where your help comes from. So he'll do all that he can to keep you from looking there. You see, the reality is if you want breakthrough, you've got to be willing to look to a higher hill. You got to be willing to look to a higher place. You got to be willing to get your eyes off of your obstacle, get your eyes off of the hindering forces, get your eyes off of your Goliath, or get your eyes off of the wall, or get your eyes off of the Red Sea. And you got to get your eyes on a higher hill. That's how victory comes into your life. I'll tell you this, church, that when you're surrounded by the enemy, when you find yourself in a difficult place, when the odds are stacked against you, When you seem to be surrounded by by the enemy, church, when trouble has come against you, the highest hill that I can think of is Golgotha's hill. The highest place that you and I can look to is at the base of Calvary's cross. Because the reality is it's there where your victory was wrought. It's there on Calvary's cross where Jesus said, it is finished. It's there where he conquered sin. It's there where he conquered sickness. It's there where he conquered rejection. It's there where he conquered all of the things that the devil would bring against us. If you want victory, you've got to get your eyes on a higher hill. 
The last place the devil wants you to look is to Calvary's cross. Why do you think he tries to move it out of our life? Why do you think he tries to get it out of our eyesight, church? Because that's where our help comes from. Golgotha's Hill. You see, the problem with so many of us, the reason that we're not having victory in our life and and not experiencing breakthrough is because you can't even remember the last time you looked to the cross. You can't even remember the last time you thought about what Christ did for us except on the first of the month when we do communion. And we bring it to your remembrance. But God wants you to remember that hill every single day because that's where our help comes from, church. It comes from Christ. If you want breakthrough, you've got to get your eyes on a higher hill. There's far too many of us are hanging out on a hillside looking to ourselves instead of to God. It's exactly what the army of God did. They looked to themselves instead of to God. They looked at the problem instead of to God. They waited for their friend. They waited for the, the stronger man. They waited for the so-called spiritual ones. They waited for the pastor. They waited for a priest. They waited for a, 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 a mightier soldier. They waited for their king. They waited for the staff to rise up and fight when God was waiting for them individually to rise up and fight church. When the devil comes against us, we ought to be like David who ran to the battle because he had his eyes fixed on God, the author and the finisher of his faith. You see, the difference between David and his brothers, the difference between David and the the army of God, the difference between David and even King Saul was that David did not have valley vision. David didn't stare at the the giant. David didn't stare at the problem. David didn't stare at the obstacle. David's vision was not narrowed by the, the obstacle that the devil had put in his place. In the middle of that mess, church, in the middle of the chaos, when the rest of Israel was frightened and afraid, David wasn't looking down. David opened up his eyes wide and he looked up to the heavens and he knew who was on his side, church. If you want breakthrough, you better look up. You better not have valley vision. It's exactly what the devil tries to do. He wants to narrow your focus onto yourself and onto the problem. And as long as you're doing that, you'll never have breakthrough in your life. God wants you to have breakthrough. For 40 days, the Bible says in verse 11 that the army of God was sorely afraid. It says that they were terrified, church. As if Goliath's massive nine-foot appearance wasn't enough to frighten them. If it wasn't enough to put a chill up their spine, if it wasn't enough to keep them from moving forward, now all of a sudden his voice began to echo through the hills. There was a period of time during those 40 days and nights that all Goliath had to do was step out. That's all he had to do. Didn't have to say a single word. Came a point where now all of a sudden his words echoed up the mountainside. Listen, how many of you know that even the whisper of an enemy can bring chills up your spine? How many of you know that, that, that the whisper of an enemy can keep you up at night? It can keep you from facing another day. And it's exactly what happened with the children of Israel. The devil so positioned himself, Goliath so positioned himself, where he didn't even have to shout like I shout. He was positioned so that his voice would carry up a mountainside and he could talk just like this. If he whispered, it would have echoed through the hills. That's exactly the way the devil works. He just magnifies himself in our presence to cause us to tremble. And it's what happened. They were sorely afraid, the Bible says. And when you study it, I'm not talking about just a, oh, that, 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 that scared me. 
Oh, you scared me. It's not one of those, boo! They were petrified, the Bible says. The fear that came upon them, it just froze their functions. They couldn't function. They couldn't move. They couldn't think. They couldn't sing. They couldn't pray. They couldn't do anything. They were paralyzed by fear. They were sorely afraid. It grabbed a hold of their heart. It grabbed a hold of their mind. They were afraid, the Bible says, to face the day. Because all they heard every morning for 40 days and 40 nights, send one of you out to battle me. They were afraid to face the day. Afraid to go on, church, at night. The devil knows. Try to lay your head at bed. Need to get a little rest. Come out and battle me all by yourself. That's exactly what he does. And you have a restless night. They couldn't sleep. They were going crazy. Their bodies were breaking down. You know as well as I do. You go a few days without sleep. They went 40 days without sleep. They were a mess. It's what the devil wants, church. He wants to make your life a mess. But in the middle of it all, you've got to recognize the enemy, church. And you've got to be willing to rise up against him. For 40 days, they were petrified by fear. Not only did his physical presence frighten them, so did his voice, church. Because one man made one challenge, each soldier of God looked to himself instead of to God. They looked to themselves and said, I can't do this. They looked to themselves and said, I can't press on. They looked to themselves and said, I can't handle this anymore. They looked to themselves and says, uh, I don't know if I can endure. And they threw in the towel. They gave up and they fled. How many of you know that's what the devil wants from you? He wants to keep you from going forward, church. He wants to keep you from success. For 40 days, a valley and a giant stood between the army of God and victory. For 40 days, I want you to understand that one man roared like a lion and 30,000 men of God trembled in fear. For 40 days, one single giant brought paralyzing fear to the entire army of God. Even the king trembled and was afraid, the Bible says. Here's what you need to understand. Saul, just like Goliath, was the biggest, baddest, meanest, most skilled, had more kills, had the greatest reputation in the land of Israel than any other man in the army of Israel. The Bible says that he stood head and shoulders above everyone else in the army of Israel, just like Goliath stood head and shoulders above the rest of his warriors. If there was anyone bad enough, it would have been Saul. If there was anyone big enough, it would have been Saul. If there was anyone brave enough, it should have been Saul. But the Bible says that even Saul became petrified. Even Saul became like a mere man. Mere man, just like everybody else. Why? Because he forgot who he was. He forgot that he was king. He forgot that he was appointed by God. Forgot that he was chosen by the people to lead them into victory. He forgot who he was, church. And so often, so do we. What Saul forgot and why he became like everyone else on that battlefield is that he forgot the day where Samuel took a bottle of anointing oil, caused Saul to bow down, and he poured the anointing of God upon his head and said, you will lead my people 
you will fight my fights. You will go to war and I will be with you. He forgot that church. And the reality is there's so many of us in this house this morning that have forgotten that same exact thing. We've forgotten that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, the Lord. We've forgotten that we can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. We have forgotten that if God is for me, no one can stand against me. We've forgotten that therefore there is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. And when we forget those things, church, we back up. When we forget those things, we give the devil room. When we forget those things, he gains access to our marriage and he gains access to our mind and he gains access to our children and he gains access to our finances. When we forget who we are, I want you to understand that he, ga- he gains access to the words that come out of our mouth. When we forget who we are, we begin to grumble and we begin to complain. We begin, we begin to make God smaller by the words of our mouth when we forget who we are. You see, David never forgot as a young boy in this moment of time, in this place of history, when everyone else forgot, David remembered. He actually went to the king and said, King, I remember the day God helped me. I slayed this animal and I slayed that animal. I remember that when, 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 when the flock was attacked, I, I remembered your anointing fell upon me. Your protection was with me. David remembered. And it's exactly why he was able to not just walk. It's why he was able to run into the valley. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward as I wind this down. Because I want to give you some keys to spiritual breakthrough. The sad reality is there are some of you here this morning that have forgotten who you are. You've forgotten because of the giant. You've forgotten because of the obstacle. You've forgotten because of the shouts that seem to echo through your mind every morning and every night. Forgotten that you were chosen by God. Forgotten that you were once lost, but now you're found. You're blind, but now you see. You have forgotten that Jesus Christ, in his verbal last will and testament, said, My peace I give to you. When all of hell seems to break loose in your life, my peace, I want you to remember, I leave with you. We've forgotten those things, church. I think we've forgotten that God has given us authority over every unclean Spirit. There's nothing that can come into your life that God has not provided a divine weapon to overcome. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing that the devil can bring against your marriage. Nothing that the devil can bring against your family. Nothing the devil can bring against your finances. Nothing he can bring against your faith that God has not provided a weapon to defeat. We're defeated because we don't use the weapons. We're defeated because we don't trust in God. We're defeated because we retreat instead of moving forward. We're defeated because we forget who we are. And here's the last thing that I want us to say before I invite you. If you want breakthrough this morning, six things you've got to remember. 
You've got to be willing to step out into the valley. God's waiting for some of you to step out this morning. Take a journey you've never taken. Pray a prayer you've never prayed. God's waiting for you to use the divine weapons of warfare. Been relying on all of your own man-made stuff. And God wants you to just surrender to Him and pick up the weapons that He's provided for you. If you want breakthrough this morning, you've got to set your sight on a higher hill. You've got to turn your eyes to Jesus this morning. Get Him away from your Goliath. Get Him off of your sickness. Get Him off of your obstacle. Get Him off of that thing that the devil has placed before you. You've got to remember who you are. And finally, you've got to recognize the voice of the enemy and respond properly. I close with this. In verse 23, you find that David heard the voice of the enemy and he responded properly, church. When all of the rest of Israel, when all of the army, when 30,000 other men heard the voice of the enemy, what's it say they did? They fled. They trembled. They ran away. They found a rock that they could hide behind. They went and put themselves under their covers in their tents. They refused to step forward. They responded improperly. But what did David do? David responded properly, the Bible says. He heard the voice of the enemy and he said, Do not lose heart because of this Philistine. Let me rise up and fight. You see, the reality is, and the question is this morning, how many of you are willing to say the same exact thing? How many of you are willing to say like David did, who is this that dares defy the army of Israel? Who is this that dares defile the army of God? Who is this that dares come against my marriage? Who is this that dares come against my mind? Who is this that dares come against my son or my daughter? Who is this that dares to step out into the land that God has promised for me? Who is this man? Who is this spirit that wants to take what belongs to me? Who is it? You see, you, if you want victory, you better learn to recognize the voice of the devil. Better learn to recognize the voice of the enemy. A lot of you are struggling. A lot of you aren't experiencing breakthrough because you've yet to identify the voice of the enemy. That's why you haven't risen up. The Lord wants you to understand the voice of the enemy this morning and respond properly. This is how I'm going to end. If you need a breakthrough in any area of your life, need a breakthrough in your marriage, need a breakthrough in your mind, need a breakthrough in your family, your finances, a friendship, need a breakthrough of any kind, I'm going to ask you to do what maybe you've never done before, and that's come forward for prayer. Doesn't matter what the obstacle is, I want you to step out into your valley, not afraid to face it, not afraid to confront it. I want you to make your way up to these prayer partners so they can agree with you. I'm going to ask that you come forward now, not going to beg, not going to shout. If you need victory in any area of your life, and before you all start praying, I'm going to ask you to come forward, and I'm going to give you a little instruction here based on the Holy Spirit. You see, it's one thing... For this lady to pray, it's one thing for this man to pray, it's one thing for me to pray. But what I'm asking you to do this morning is for you to identify your obstacle. And I'm asking you to pray as well. 
I'm asking you to pray against that obstacle that's coming into your life. I'm asking you to name it. And I'm asking you to take authority over it. And I'm asking your prayer partners to coach you in that prayer. I want them to encourage you to pray the prayer you need to pray. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be filled with ornate words. It just needs to speak to God and the enemy so that he can bring victory over your life. I'm going to ask that Pastor Chad just lead us in some worship as we pray these prayers. And I'm going to ask the rest of you to stand in the presence of God as we wind this down. If you need breakthrough out there, I'm asking that you seek God and confront your enemy. Let's worship for just a moment. And then I will pray and close us out. Lost this morning, church.
morning, church. bless the Lord this morning, church. He is our king. He is our defender this morning. And he does not want the devil to gain one more inch in your life. I'm going to let you go with this. David, when he stepped out into the battlefield, spoke to the enemy. So one thing that I hadn't got to. He approached Goliath and he said, you giant, you obstacle, you demon, you darkness, you sickness, you disease, you depression, whatever it is, you come with a sword and a spear and a javelin. You're coming against me with an earthly weapon, but I come against you. In the mighty name of Jehovah. And he said, this day, I'm going to cut off your authority. This day, you will have no more power over my life. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to feed you to the birds and to the animals. For one reason and one reason only. So that the whole earth might know. That there is a God in Israel. Amen? You see, the Lord wants to give you victory so the whole earth will know that there is a God in Coweta County. That there is a God at South Metro Ministries. Amen? So listen, if you need to go speak to your enemy, go speak it today. Read read 1 Samuel chapter 17. And let the word even take greater hold in your life. Go as victors in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you and be victorious today. Amen. Sing us out as we go.